0: well this is my second uh, effort to figure out how to put together the rudimentary steps to doing a podcast so I've earlier done a pr- approximately 17 minute audio uh, interview of myself uh, in effect where I talked about fight back I also wanted to have about a 17 minutes if we go longer fine if we're shorter that's okay we're not timing it precisely but along the lines of Tomotley Talks. I've told folks that Tamatly as a property speaks to me. Uh, I can feel the presence of God as I walk around this property. I felt it when I first saw it. I felt that God was moving my spirit to buy Tamatly. I did, even though I didn't know how to hunt, farm, (laughs) fish, uh, and didn't have any desire to own Uh, attractive land since I had a nice, modest home and a nice, modest uh, lake house in Atlanta, in Georgia. So Tomatley talks to me, and I think Tomatley is a great place for people to talk to each other. Uh, People have peace talks. uh, People have wartime talks. People have political talks. And so I want to use Tomatley talks to bring people together to have discussions that have meaning on relevant issues that our country faces and I want to have the opportunity when I get it up and running to hear from the people because hearing we the people is what I think is the most important thing we can do to exchange information to come together as a nation to defeat the tyranny that threatens us. Now I've got Stuart Guthrie here with me today. I think most of y'all know Stuart, Pastor Stuart Guthrie, Family Bi- F- Bible Fellowship, uh my church. He's my pastor, and he's my uh, very dear friend. Whenever I have questions uh, spiritually or even just practically, I I always try to counsel with Stuart. He is a man of God, and he knows the Bible. He has a telegram channel called Getting in the Word, and if you haven't visited it, I hope you will. I asked Stuart to let me talk with him briefly today because I've spent a lot of time Uh, on Telegram talking about identifying communists because communists are uh, in disguise. Some of them call themselves Republicans, globalists, environmentalists. Clearly the Democrats, they're communists. But I believe that communism has almost taken over our country without firing a shot. So it's important that we identify what we look for to determine if someone essentially is promoting a communist philosophy or ideology? Do they favor one central government where the elite have the power and they disregard we the people? Sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's a communist ideology. Today, because I've seen it come up a lot, and we know in the Bible there are references to false prophets, I asked Stuart if he could speak with us for a few minutes in effect, to tell us how do we identify from the Bible, how are we able to identify what we may believe to be or learn to be false prophets? So, Stuart, welcome to this, uh, not really a podcast, but a chance <laughs> to interview you and talk with the American public. So thank you for joining me, and I'm just going to throw it to you. And let me say this, I don't want to debate the, the theology of Or do we have prophets in the present day, or were they only in uh, the Old Testament day? That's not the issue. I know there's a split of opinions on that. What I really want to focus on is the Bible tells us that there will be false prophets. What can we as people, children of God, how do we look to try to determine whether someone may be a false prophet? So the floor is yours. Yeah, well, thank you, Lynn, first for inviting me
1: to your beautiful place here at Tamatley, and
0: you know, I appreciate
1: the the very difficult topic of the first podcast, so to speak, of Tamatly Talk, so I, I,
0: I appreciate you, you putting I, me there, okay? <laughs> I, I, I threw you right into the fire, Stuart.
1: <laughs> that's all right. Well, it's a topic that's really relevant in our day, and uh, one that uh, you, you can't get into doctrine and theology without facing, and uh, we are certainly, uh, we are told in Scripture that there will be false prophets, and so... Um, not to discuss necessarily the in-depth study uh, of the doctrine of cessationism versus continuationism. I've done that study uh, um, that I've put out on my podcast. If you would like, you can visit my Linktree account. It has access to all of my online sermons, and we'll make sure that that's a a link that you're able to get as you uh, listen to the uh, podcast. But nevertheless, back in July, I taught a four- or five-week series that uh, that I got, really, from Nathan Butchnick from the Master Seminary, and he did a fabulous, phenomenal job on the topic in which he discussed the doctrine of cessationism and the doctrine of continuationism, and he really titled it, um, you know, Closet Sensationist, and, uh, and how continuationist really actually affirm the miraculous gifts have passed away in their doctrine. But that's neither here nor there. We are specifically, you're looking, Lynn, to address how do we determine uh, whether a prophet is a false prophet or not? And I think that's a legitimate question.
0: Well, I do too, Stuart, because clearly we have a nation right now of individuals who are hungry, literally walking the floors day and night, trying to figure out what's going to happen to our country. What does the future hold? Well, we know only God knows the future. But as human beings, we can't help but concern ourselves with what in the world's going on and what's going to happen. So it seems to me a, a, a real prime opportunity for people to come in and try to take on the, uh, right. the, the role of saying I'm a prophet yeah, And so I think we need to be able to give people some biblical understanding of how they can determine whether that person is a false prophet. It's a very relevant issue. So yeah, I threw, yeah. You, I threw you into the fire, but I think it's a relevant fire.
1: Right. Yeah, no, and that's, it certainly is. So the Bible really gives us ultimately three, it's a simple test. It's three legitimate tests that uh, de- determines whether Someone is a legitimate prophet or not. Not, We're not talking again whether they exist today or not. That's a whole other topic. But there is a qualification. There is a standard in the Word of God. And because it's the Word of God, it is the standard by which we determine whether one is a prophet, a true prophet, or a false prophet. And so here are the three standards or the three qualifications uh, of evaluating a legitimate prophet in Scripture. First, a true a prophet must be do- uh, doctrinally orthodox. I mean, there is this idea that um, any self-proclaimed prophet who is is de- deceives people by leading them into some theological error is, is a false prophet. I mean, they must teach the truth of God's Word. And there are really a number of biblical passages which we could look at when we talk about this And for the sake of time, we'll just look at a few. But if you have your Bibles, turn into Deuteronomy chapter 13. And and there we'll find a passage of Scripture, verses 1 to 5. And I'll just read it. And it speaks for itself. You know, this is the beauty of the Word of God. The Word of God is clear. It's precise. It's authoritative. It's all-sufficient. And therefore, we should pay attention to it. And so here it says in verses 1 to 5, if a prophet... "...or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder. And the sign or the wonder comes true concerning what he has spoken, saying, Let us go after other gods whom you have not known. Let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul." You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has counseled rebellion against God, against the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from a house of slavery. To seduce you away, uh, in for the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk, so you shall purge the evil from you. Lynn, that is extremely
0: that's, that's, that's vicious, powerful. That's
1: powerful. powerful. Uh, you know there is no room for error in this uh, in, in this man's. Proclamation, but more so, not room for error. He cannot lead people in a doctrinally uh, orthodox way that is contrary to what God's word has said. So, he must be, in other words, this passage makes it clear that if a prophet comes to you, and even if that prophet makes a prediction and it comes true, okay, if he leads you away from the truth into error, then that prophet is a false prophet. So that's the number one uh, uh, way to evaluate whether a prophet is a true prophet or a false prophet. They must not lead you astray doctrinally in their orthodox. So they must teach that which is
0: true. And that means they've got to come from the Bible.
1: That's right, yes. And and they have to not only come from the Bible, but they have to come from the Bible with proper interpretation exactly. of the Bible, yeah, when I say
0: come from the Bible, it's got to be consistent with the Word of God in the Bible. Amen. If they vary it, distort it, right, take away from it, add to it, watch out.
1: That's right. Yeah, because we are living in a day, I believe, that's full of false prophets. The let, second, let, yep. me, let me ask yep.
0: you a real quick question: If someone is a true prophet, will all of their prophecies come true? We'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. You're the one that You're knows, jumping ahead. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> but great I question. Know, no, it's but, a great but, question. But if you can help us on that before we get finished yes, today. Yes, no, that'll be the third
1: point we'll look at. But the second um, method to evaluate whether one is a true prophet, they must have moral integrity. Any self-proclaimed prophet who lives in unrestrained lust and greed shows himself to be a false prophet. This is important because we live in a day when people are lining their pockets for the sake of the gospel. There are false teachers who will tell you whatever you want to hear so that you will continue to give money as they drive their fancy cars, drive their big jets, and all of these other things. People like Benny Hinn, and, I mean, it's just a—they a, it, must have moral integrity. That's important. <laughs>
0: It sounds that they're a lot like uh, the politicians we have and the elected <laughs> officials we have that line their pockets off of the we the people. Well,
1: that's a great possibility for sure. But nevertheless, the, the, the true prophet must be a man who has moral integrity. And so again, we can look at a number of different passages throughout the scriptures. But if we just take, at, for example, Second Peter chapter 2, 1-3, to he says this, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be False teachers among you. Now, I find that interesting as a defense for uh, the doctrine of cessationism. It is interesting how he says, uh, False prophets arose, and there will be also false teachers. That's interesting, isn't it? Among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift judgment upon themselves. Many, here's the ticket, will follow their sensualities. They will follow the lifestyle, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words, and their judgments from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. So again, here we find that false prophets can be identified by their lifestyle, by their lifestyle. And Jesus said we can know them what? In Matthew 7, 20, by their fruits. And so we're not fruit inspectors, but hey, listen, I can't help it. If the fruit's rotten, it's rotten. If there's no fruit on the tree, then you and I would say the tree is dead. And so if somebody's living in a moral lifestyle, if they're living in sin, they're, they're, not, they're living outside of a life of, of, of a moral character, then they certainly can't be a prophet of God because that is not how God works. God has chosen men in the Old Testament to be prophets who were men of moral integrity. And so when you see the fruit of a gross immorality, of impurity of someone's life, we can certainly have with confidence that they are a false teacher, they are a false prophet, no matter what might they claim. And I think we can say that with certainty. And so that brings us to our third Test And that, in, to, in addition to the, uh, they must have a, a standard of doctrinal orthodoxy and they must have a lifestyle of moral integrity, the true prophet must be one who meets all of these qualifications, but thirdly, this one as well, and that is that a true prophet must demonstrate predictive accuracy. Here's our problem. That's 100% accuracy. That is 100% accuracy. Because
0: if they've heard from God, it's going to be 100% Amen.
1: Otherwise, it ain't from God because God does not lie. And if God says something, he is all authoritative. And thus is why I believe the Word of God is how we hear from God in today's society. But nevertheless, the prophet of our day who claims to be a prophet, at least if you want to consider them a prophet, they must have predictive accuracy. And so or to put this in the negative someone claims to speak a prophetic revelation from God about the future or about some other secret thing uh, but then the prediction does not come true or it passes by and never happens i mean
0: or you find out it was fake itself That's right like then the, it, like the snow in Texas
1: That's right then it proves then the fact is that they are a false prophet and you can you can you can take that to the bank So we can safely conclude that 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 person is not a true prophet of God. And so once again, we find, again, not my opinion on this, but let's go where? To the word of God, which is all authoritative and is accurate. So Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22 says, The prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other God, there's the key, that prophet shall die. That's very strong language. You may say in your heart, he says here in verse 21, how will we know the word which the Lord has spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if that thing does not come true, um, that he has called to be true, that, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. This is important because we have a lot of prophets today who are making claims about things that are to come and circumstances for which we are facing as a nation. And I can't think of a better time for a false prophet to arise than today when people are desperate and they're looking for hope and they're looking, as the old song goes, they're looking for love in all their own places.
0: Amen. Now, <laughs> they, want, they need to find it in the Word of God. Right. I, I want to make clear that I know on my Telegram channel I will ask a lot of questions. I'll throw a document out and say, well, this is interesting. I always like to say frequently, do the research, connect the dots, draw your own conclusions. So I'm not sitting here with you today, nor are you with me, to cast aspersions on any individual. What we're trying to do is to give people a way to do the research, connect the dots, and draw their own conclusions. And I think that's important because it's easy In an era of propaganda, and we've been living in an era of propaganda in this country since, well, at least the 1950s forward, and it's been increasing in the last uh, couple of decades. And people have a tendency to accept things at face value, especially if it's something that makes them feel comfortable. So now what we need to do, I think, is to try to force people or persuade people to go back and do the research themselves. Get into the Word of God. Find out if what you're hearing is totally consistent with the Word of God or goes outside or alters the Word of God. The same thing I would say when I do my discussions of communists. Look and see if the ideology that's being espoused is consistent with the founding principles of this country or whether it's taking you in a different direction where instead of the power being with we the people, it's with the ruling elite. That's a telltale sign for a communist. So again, we're not trying to judge anybody. We're not suggesting that anybody is or is not uh, a a prophet. We're just trying to give people a basis upon which they themselves can do the research and come to their own conclusions, which I think is important for us to engage in critical thinking in the world in terms of our politics and what's happening in the country. But more importantly, in our spiritual lives, which are the lives that we need to focus on Mm -hmm. eternity, not this world. And I, and I appreciate the fact that you take people back to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. On spiritual issues, that is the definitive authority. I think you would agree with me, Stuart, because I think I've heard it from you. Every word in the Bible is true, isn't it? Yeah, I, I believe it is. We often need mm-hmm. to have people help us understand it. That's why I come to you often and t- say, here's a, a scripture and can you give me some understanding? Here's mine. Am I right? Am I wrong? We've got to have critical thinking. Yeah, it's iron sharpening iron. Exactly.
1: We don't agree on everything, and we, we get in debates, and we talk, and we have tussles, and we come out on the end. We we, we say, hey, we got the gospel, and uh, we, we're learning, and we're growing, and we're being sanctified, and you sharpen me, you, you come up at different angles I've never even considered sometimes, and so I think we all grow in that, but as far as the prophets go, I think that we can be certain that those three tests are a, a vital way of understanding that if a prophet is not accurate. They, they are not a true prophet. They must, they must What they say must come true. And the rest of Scripture really re- reverberates that same truth. According to Isaiah 44, uh, 26, God confirms the, the words of his true messengers, it says. According to Jeremiah 28, 9, the true prophet is one whose predictions come true. Uh, this is because, according to Ezekiel 12, 25, the word which God speaks will come to pass because he is all authoritative. Now, what's interesting, as we face these uh, very confusing days, we have people who have taken these uh, these ideas and they've kind of applied them and twisted them because their prophets aren't always true. So if their prophets are not true, they don't want to just come right and say, you're a false prophet. Now they have to justify it. And so if we take a look at the broader charismatic movement, especially those represented on things like TBN and the, 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 the networks of the mainstream charismatic media, we quickly see that the, the, the modern charismatic version of prophecy fails to meet the three main biblical criteria. And so the broader charismatic movement is hardly known, number one, for doctrine doctrinal orthodoxy and often is plagued by moral scandals. I mean... I. It doesn't take but a second to look back and go, how many of these guys have had terrible circumstances befall them in their marriages, in their finances, etc. But but I I really want to focus just a few more minutes on the requirement of the accuracy of biblical prophecy. Because by their own omission, basically proponents of the modern-day prophets readily acknowledge that modern prophets often are inaccurate. How in the world have we gotten there that now we can affirm somebody who makes a claim and they're inaccurate? Listen to a few of these. Here's a couple of examples. Uh, uh, Bill Heyman, we must not be quick. this comes from uh, his prophets and personal prophecy on page 120 on 176. We must not be quick to call some false prophet uh, someone a false prophet simply because he because something he said was inaccurate.
0: That, well, that just goes right against the Word of God. That's the whole point,
1: yeah. So missing it in a few times, he says, in prophecy doesn't make a false prophet. The mortal prophet is infallible. All are liable to mistakes. Really? Is that what we see in Scripture? Of course not. So what they have to do, and instead of uh, kicking them out of the churches and calling them what they are, they have to justify it. Jack Deere and uh, the National School of Prophets um, said this in mobilizing the prophetic office, prophets are really messy. Prophets make mistakes. And sometimes when a prophet makes some mistakes, it's a serious mistake. He says this, I mean, I know prophets just last year that cost people millions of dollars with a mistake they made. I talked to people who made the wrong investment, actually moved their homes and spent tons of money. Yet he doesn't declare, decline the fact that these are false prophets. He doesn't acknowledge that. So in spite of the fact that Scripture says a true prophet has to be one that is held to 100% accuracy in its standard, modern prophets just ignore that standard, being content with the fact that their prophecies contain ultimately hundreds of mistakes. Um, Even among, and here's the hard ones, because a lot of these men I highly regard in some ways. Okay, and so I, I'm not I'm I'm not just pulling punches. I I learn from these men. I study from these men. Every class in theology throughout my education, all the way through my doctorate of ministry, I've had to encounter these men. But you have men like Wayne Grudem, who is an enormous benefit and blessing the Christian community. He's written systematic theology, and he says in one of his books, The Gift of Prophecy in the New Testament today on page 110, there is almost uniform uniform testimony for all sections of the charismatic movement that prophecy is imperfect and
0: impure. That just goes against the Word of God.
1: And will contain elements which are not to be obeyed and trusted. That goes against the very Word of God. He is a false prophet, not Wayne Grudem. The guy who claims it and is wrong, he's a false prophet. And so consequently, the, the continuationists admit that, that people can rely too much on the subjective guidance of prophecy. So Wayne Grudem says this in Kingdom Power, page 84, usually this has been because they did not recognize that the prophecy in the church age is not the Word of God. So they've justified it and can contain frequent errors. So systematic theology on page ten fifty five prophecies in the church today should be considered merely human words, not God's words, and not equal to the words in authority. Therefore, the genuine true continuationist is really a closet sensationist. They're simply saying they're not. They, you can't get there anymore. So it's interesting that you find all of these implications, and we could keep going on. Um, you know, implications of this view make essentially impossible to know when a prophecy is actually true or in error. John Piper says, a woman came to me, he's, this is his story, um, came to me while my wife is pregnant with my fourth child, and she said, I have a very hard prophecy for you. And I said, okay. She says, in fact, she wrote it down and gave it to me. Your wife is going to die in childbirth. Mm-hmm and you're going to have a daughter. I went back to my study. I got down on my knees, and I wept. And when we delivered my fourth boy, (laughs) not a girl, I gave a big whoop, which I always do, but this whoop was a little extra special because I knew as soon as the boy was born that it was not a true prophet and a prophecy.
0: So I I guess my word is always what I use periodically, is watch out. That's right. When I say watch out, it doesn't mean that I'm right and the person I'm talking about is wrong, it means people need to watch out. It means you Mm -hmm. need to dig in, do some research, connect the dots, try to draw the right conclusion. Mm -hmm. And when we get into areas dealing with our faith, listen, our country has freedom of religion. I don't condemn anyone whose faith is different than mine. I just stand firm on the rock of God and believe in the the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe that's the only way to get to heaven is through belief in the Son of God. There are other faiths that don't agree with me. I'm not going to debate who's right and who's wrong because I believe as a matter of 100% faith that the Bible is right. So what I try to urge people to do is to extend grace. I think it was Apostle Paul that said it frequently, grace to all. To me, grace to all means that we can uh, disagree, but we can agree to disagree and still work together to accomplish other goals. On certain uh, things, on yes. On certain things. <laughs> but, but, but I'm not going to tie myself directly and make a deal with somebody that does not share my faith because we're not equally yoked. Right. So I think it's important to point out that we're not condemning anybody. It's not our position to. only That's God. Right. Only God judges. And then he passes, he passes the sentence uh, and it's either life eternally in heaven or it's it's eternal life in hell. So while it seems like a controversial subject, and it is, I think we have to bear in mind that we're not throwing stones at people. We're just trying to help educate people on the word of God. And we're trying to protect people. And in the end, if they don't agree with us, we extend them grace and we agree yeah. to disagree and we move on. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah. I mean I think we I, I don't think anybody should disagree on the qualifications of biblical true prophets and there's a what what do you call it cognitive dissonance? Yeah.
0: I think I, I learned that word from Jaron Jackson Maybe. Co- cognitive dissonance. which is yeah. become it's it's what you believe and you're comfortable in that belief and so you resist anything being brought to you that questions what you believe that makes you comfortable so you stay with the comfortable You don't want to move into believing something else that makes you uncomfortable. I always like to look over and say, well, Jesus said, make them uncomfortable. (laughs) In other words, you share the word of God and you plant the seed. God plants it through you. And only God will determine whether that seed will grow and then he will harvest it. So we do the best we can one day at a time. And the one thing I will say is that I would challenge anyone that relies on the Bible that does not agree with what you've just gone through in terms of defining and identifying false prophets. You can't change it. Yeah, they could
1: they're not disagreeing with me, they're disagreeing
0: with the word of God. Right. But but what we
1: find is that that the continuation is justify their fallible prophecies. And that's what's interesting. When you really look at what they've done, they've restructured ultimately in defining in two different types of prophets. They're looking at the prophets of the Old Testament. Now they've defined a new prophet in the New Testament. And they they've created this this false narrative that doesn't exist in the scriptures. You have prophets and you have false prophets. You have true prophets and false prophets. That's all the scripture gives you. You don't have this this relator, uh, relator v. prophet of today uh, and versus a biblical prophet of, of the Old Testament. You have prophets. <laughs> they either speak the truth of, of God when he's speaking or they don't. And so I think what we have to understand is that, the, that, that in their trying to justify, they have to create some level of, of reasoning behind why they are supporting those who do not point accuracy uh, that which they say God has spoken to them. Because, listen, I, I have seen people come to a family Bible fellowship and meet with us and say, hey, Pastor, I drove down from New York, and uh, God told me to tell you this. And when he starts talking, I know very quickly that it ain't of God because it ain't biblical. It is absolutely a, a works based salvation or something that is heretical and so I can go ahead and just say we're just wasting time here because I don't I don't think what you're saying is biblically accurate and therefore I think you're a false prophet and I don't mind telling them that if they have the boldness to come tell me that God spoke to them I'm, I'm very quick to remind them that God is God and he has given us his word and if he wants to speak to me I can open my Bible and he can speak to me through his living word doesn't mean we can't encourage one another with the word of God but my theory is if God has spoken to us through his word which Hebrews chapter Chapter 1 says he has, then if he wants to speak to us, he can speak to us through his word because he's given us everything the scripture says pertaining to life and to godliness. And therefore, We can read the scriptures. We're spirit-filled because we've been sealed in with the Holy Spirit at conversion, Ephesians chapter 1. And then we know that he has taught us all things and brings to our remembrance all that he said to us because he says that in John 14 when he promises the Holy Spirit. So we have the teacher living in us that can reveal what he wants to say to us. We don't need... Anything outside of the Word of God to move forward. What we need is the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we and our joy and our circumstance, they're not based on our circumstance. If the world goes down in, in a ball of fire, you and I are okay because of our relationship with Jesus we're going, Christ. We're going to heaven. That's right. So the worst thing that can happen to us is the best thing that can happen to us. So, Amen. So they're not really disagreeing with me, they're disagreeing with the Word of God. So,
0: I, I, I'm going to throw you one more, somewhat, not really a curveball, but I think it's a, a something that i think people would 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 benefit from understanding what is apostolic authority
1: so apostolic authority um, would be that the apostles in their day had an authority that could only come from god through them to speak the literal words of god and so the apostles had an apostolic authority when god spoke he literally spoke to them and through the power of the Spirit, they pin down the words of God. Therefore, when they're true prophets in the fact that when they speak, they speak literally the word of God. And there are qualifications for the apostles, which is really interesting. That was the first series I did in in back in July was we went through the apostles first and I argued the fact that I don't believe there are apostles today. But the three qualifications for apostles is, number one, they had to be an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. Number two, they had to be directly appointed by Jesus Christ. And thirdly, an apostle had to, to, to be able to confirm his missions and ministry by miraculous signs and wonders. So you can't experience those today. No one can be an eyewitness of the resurrected Jesus. He is now ascended to the right hand of the Father. It, there's no way that they could be directly appointed to Jesus Christ. Now they can say I had some supernatural experience and Jesus appeared to me and told me, but there is a big, a stark difference in what we see in the apostles and their apostolic authority that God gave them for the building up and the edification of the foundation of the church. So, according to a, a passages like Ephesians two twenty and Revelation twenty fourteen, apply, the apostles played played a foundational role in the establishment of the church, and that was their purpose. That was their objective.
0: Well, Stuart, you always bring. Uh great wisdom and insight into uh, the Word, and I appreciate you taking the time. I think I went over my 17 minutes I talked about doing these types of clips, and that's okay. I'd rather have too much than too little, and you've addressed a a subject that I think is relevant. I hope that the people that hear your words will take the time to go in and study the Word of God and uh, receive from that guidance Uh, because, as you say, God talks to us Through His Word, Amen. And He does He does talk to us and guide us through the Holy Spirit, Amen. So the more time we spend studying the Word of God, the more time we spend in our private place talking to Him, and then listening to Him in our spirit and how He will answer us. I always say He talks to us in mysterious ways. We pray a lot, we don't listen enough. So we've all got room for improvement. We've all got uh, to go through a period. Of, of sanctification, if we are believers, and so we're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We got to find out when we make them. We got to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Like I've come to you, I, I came to you recently when I had used uh, some time ago a phrase, the Christ consciousness, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I, I I was a baby in Christ, and mm-hmm. I used a term to describe how I felt. And everybody what, went, oh, everybody God. said, "Yeah, Wood, <laughs> Wood thinks he's the second coming of Jesus." <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's just a distortion that's done by the enemy and the enemy well, is the devil
1: people are looking to crucify anybody and so they they have no patience in waiting on god to sanctify people and grow them when i was a young believer i said all kind of crazy things that i just didn't know any better i was a baby christian baby babies don't come out of the womb knowing trigonometry well baby believers don't come out knowing sound doctrine they have to
0: grow in it and so it's a process a process where in our lives on earth we become more christ-like
1: Amen. Yeah.
0: Until the day comes that we are in heaven and we are one with God, perfect as God is perfect, but as I like to say, he's still God <laughs> and we're still his children. That's right. Thank you very much, Stuart Guthrie. Yeah. You are an uh, inspiration, and I know that uh, a lot more people uh, daily are listening to you uh, because you speak truth, because you speak the Word of God from the Bible. So God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me today.
1: Amen. Thank you.